Hello, I am Frederick Bell, the CEO of Elemental Altus Royalties. We are a roughly 170 million US market cap royalty company focused on producing assets. We have 10 producing assets with approximately midpoint 17 million US dollars guided in revenue for 2023. We are a cash flowing company. We have over 70 royalties across the portfolio. We have grown the revenue base consistently from under half a million dollars in 2017 to getting up towards $20 million going into next year. Well, welcome for us. Thanks for all the weather with you from the end, I see. Um, well, some of that's all about to change after this Monday's news. A little bit more revenue to, to talk about, more than a little bit, a lot of revenue. Yeah, it's uh, actually a pretty material announcement by Allied Gold. And they just, for those who don't know, Indian dollar, uh, West African focus gold miner. And they just raised $260 million listed on the exchange this week. And they recently acquired our Deba project in Mali which is adjacent to their world-class 10 million ounce Sadiola mine. And they announced on Monday that they have approved $12 million to build a whole road from our deposit to their mine. And that they're putting that into production in H1 2024. Right, okay. And we can, can you give us any more information in terms of their forecast? So I think based on the milestone payments in the agreement and also the 3% royalty we'll have on the initial 200,000 ounces of production, we're anticipating approximately 15 million US dollars price revenue across 2024 and 2025 to the company. That's so in terms of our revenue base today, it's a midpoint, say 17 million for 2023, and we're adding 15 million across 2024 and 2025. So, um, and that is just on the first 200,000 ounces of right. the first third of the deposit. Right. So actually they're gonna be exploring, and I think from our perspective, there's every possibility that royalty will continue to be paying going forwards. Our 3%? And it drops down to 2% after the first 200,000 ounces. Um, but 2% is still one of our biggest royalty uh, by percentage in the portfolio. Wow. Okay. So absolute material. Well done. We did talk about it a few weeks ago, yeah, but this is, this is a it's, heck it's, of an it's, I think, yeah, an allied going public. Yeah. And, you know, now starting to put out guidance and announcements, it's yeah. much easier for us to talk about it. Yeah. And I think for us to see the sort of proof in the bio. Right. Okay. So that's fantastic. We've got to talk about why we're here. You're, we're in Beaver Creek. Um, must be sweet pickings out there. The, the market has battered a lot of quite good companies down and the bad ones. But are you, what are you, who are you here to speak to? Let's, let's start with So we, we closed our last royalty acquisition on Monday, yeah. um, Arizona and Sonoran. Mm. So, so that is fresh um, in the portfolio now. And I think we've, we've been really active so far this year, eight transactions in eight months Four in 2023, um, in terms of both acquiring new royalties and also um, doing deals with some of our existing projects. projects. So we are really in acquisition mode at the moment. Um, and that is, I think, in, in the two years prior to 2023. Yeah. We probably did two transactions and we've done eight in eight months. And that is a reflection of the opportunities out there and the value we can see at the market. Right. But coming back to it, I know you've got what, three of you over here. So you really are doing a lot of meetings. Uh, what, what's the, what are you looking for? What's the filtration process look like? So, so the, I think the key characteristic for us has always been quality. And you can break that down in lots of different ways, but it's quality of the management team. It's the quality of the underlying asset. Um, and then we've got it in this market. We've also got to factor in their ability to raise capital and mm -hmm. advance the project. And if you're looking at a project that needs a billion dollars of CapEx, it's going to be a very challenging market to make that force. Cool. Um, and if you're looking at a well-backed company with the team that's done it and a really good asset, that's something that could be taken forward. And that is where a lot of the skill comes in, in filtering through the opportunities, because we're in a market today where it is possible that projects will tread water for a year or two in difficult environment, interest rates have gone yeah. up, cost of capital has gone up, 
Yeah. And so you've seen it before in the mining industry. You know, you can take two years to advance a project to the next stage. And so for us, it's it's doesn't mean we can't look at those. We just have to be really cognizant of of which projects are going to be in a position to material advance themselves and therefore advance value for, for us. Okay. It's also, I think, for folks listening, we're saying retail looking at from home, perhaps following some of these royalty acquisitions and these um, these deals that are happening is a good way of actually doing DD without doing DD. Uh, note to self. Right. Um, now, a lot of companies come through the door here this week and have been talking about the need for funding, alternative funding. Now, it always makes me smile on my face because, you know, in, in difficult times, the conventional funding is not available. So the, the, the pure equity routes, whether it be from, you know, issuing more shares or bringing a strategic, it takes a chunk of your company, it's expensive at the moment because all shares are being crushed. So alternative financing, lots of op- options there from death spirals uh, and all the, all the way through, so royalty. So are you getting lots more approaches? We we have definitely seen an uptick in deal inbound yeah. opportunities coming to us. Yeah, And I think, I think where before we saw a lot of third-party opportunities, we're also now seeing a lot of issuers, a lot of companies and actual developers, explorers, even mining companies coming and saying we'd like to raise money on a royalty basis. And one of the things people often forget with a royalty is you can raise money on an asset-by-asset basis. So you're not diluting shareholders and you've got three projects. You can raise money by putting a royalty on one of them and raise it specifically to that project and the royalty company is aligned with you. And if the project takes longer, the royalty company aren't getting paid until you do. Yeah. So it is a very valuable tool in the financing toolbox, mm-hmm. um, particularly in this time of the market where, as you said, most companies are, are significantly down on share prices where they were two years ago. Now, you, you explained it quite articulately, but yeah, again, we speak to CEOs, companies who are not quite sure. They want to stay away from royalties because if, it's, it's expensive, they tell me. So um, is there an education process even with some of the company CEOs? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's really stark when you look at different uh, countries. Mm-hmm. And, and there are, I think, royalty and stream financing is, is much more prevalent in North America, for example, than it has been in Australasia. Um, and that partly comes down to historical perceptions. Yeah. But there are so many case studies where a royalty has been an excellent financing tool for a company. Do yeah. You know what I mean, um, you know, if, if your asset actually takes a lot longer, it will probably turn out to have been a great idea to put a royalty in that. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to do it for the whole financing. You can do a mix of equity and a royalty and mezzanine debt, it's options. But I always think. Uh, and this, this conversation has, has happened before or royalties and streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the more options a company has, the better positions it is. Now it's up to that company to decide when the best time to use those are. Yeah. And and obviously the royalty company and the mining developer have to come to that together. Yeah. Right. But ultimately, if you have more options in the toolbox, sure. it's better. I mean, yeah, suite of options available to you. And, and, and again, just on in terms of the the royal the royalty company's role in this, I clearly you've got to go pick a team you know what the heck they're doing. So you're not necessarily wanting to direct the use of that capital per se, other than on that asset and the best possible return on capital, please, to get, to you know advance quicker to the point where you can actually produce in in, in a in a uh, in a conservative yet and and meaningful way. So do you, have you ever found yourself having to sort of step in and go, um, guys? You know, to be honest, a lot of the royalties we bought were, were pre-existing royalties, right? And okay. so we inherited a relationship. And we really trusted the operators and we have, you end up knowing a lot of the operators counterparties pretty well. And so you do have ongoing dialogue as they develop the mine, as they extend it. Um, and the door's always open for conversations. I think, um, 
in a lot of our big acquisitions, they've been on producing assets. Yeah. And so that has made it relatively simple. I think where you would probably have much stricter guidelines and, and probably some, uh, you know, legal agreements around use of proceeds mm. would be if you are developing a project and you're taking it through that stage right. and you'd want to make sure that that funding is going. Yeah, to deliver the targeted outcomes. Yeah, okay. okay. Tim Leeson, and I want to kind of kind of cover all bases. Really, for people new to royalties as, a, as an investment class, okay, which is you've been subject to uh, an unsolicited uh, takeover or the attempted takeover. Should say. Um, we have seen a bit of M and was recently. Was it last week? Last week. last week. Nova and Metalat. See what happens there. Um, do you with the with the obviously this week's news, which kind of changes your profile somewhat. It's so, you know, I mean, it's a meaningful leap. You know, the step change for you guys. Does that one reduce your cost of capital or your access to um, credit lines? Does it change your mentality in terms of around maybe we could do another big step change ourselves and look at some of this M and A? So we have we've said before that we would continue to look at M and A where it made sense at the right time. And the recent transactions we've done in terms of partnering our projects in Egypt, in Ethiopia, and in Mali, mm. that were a big burden in terms of HR and team people. I think that has, has probably made us, if anything, more M&A ready. But it, it doesn't change the fact that we need to find the right dance partner. Mm. Uh, we think that we're probably a, a very attractive dance partner, mostly because of our strong revenue profile, mm. which complements a lot of the other junior royals companies in terms of asset pipelines that are more weighted towards development and exploration. So, you know, we will continue to do acquisitions ourselves. Yeah. We probably have 30% organic revenue growth going into next year from our existing portfolio. Uh, we cash flow positive, so we continue to generate more money to put into um, new acquisitions. We have $10 million in the bank. We have up to $20 million potential to draw on our credit facility if we need. So we do have firepower there to keep doing deals ourselves. But you are right that you can grow faster and you can scale it quickly by doing portfolios and whether that's a private portfolio or in the form of a company an m a yeah i think we'll, we'll continue to be open to all of those it's but it, the reason i ask is because we've seen with the m a that's happened to date all of the assets seem to get valued according to the best product uh, asset in the portfolio so even the kind of less good should we call it even the less good uh, assets get a, a big multiple that drives your value which is obviously great for shareholders. It's great for any in a future takeover potentially uh, for you, um, and kind of puts you into a slightly again a slightly different league because it, it's it's slightly weird the way that companies get valued in royalty space. I think it, it is, and, and it's um it is hard uh, for I think independent investors yeah. to look at a portfolio of a hundred royalties. Yeah, and, you know it's well frankly hard to run work. It's impossible. Yeah, unless you are retired and have all the time in the world. Yeah, to actually go through and analyze. The projects and the underlying operators yeah and so i think the way we talk about it for us is that we put a lot of faith in the fact that we have 60 percent institutional shareholders professional investors in the mining industry they've been supportive or with us for a long time and i think that is sort of a good indicator of the quality of our underlying assets we're also the smallest royalty company i think ever to get credit facilities from the bigger banks which again they having done their gd on our assets is a testament to the quality of portfolio so there are ways you can shortcut it by by looking at the underlying operators, seeing who the shareholders are. Yeah, do yeah. they have institutional, professional shareholders? Do they have access to credit facilities from the big banks who have looked at these assets and run the ruler run? So I think that is the the really short and quick way to try and have an idea on the quality of the portfolio. 
but um, otherwise, yeah, it is. It is. That's why I'm a chance. Okay, okay so some good advice for um, companies looking at alternative financing company, and some good advice to um, investors as to what type of alternative companies to look for. Can you give um, shareholder quarters more broadly um, some insight about what the gold market is doing and maybe some comfort because it's hard to find that out there at the moment. Yeah, and I think the most important thing, particularly if you're looking through the royalty lens, mm-hmm. is that inflation-proof aspect to it. And so I think what you've seen in the market is the gold price going back to where it was in 2020. However, since then, it's probably, the industry's probably seen 15% inflation when you put it together, which actually takes the gold price in equivalent terms lower down than it really is. So it has eroded some of that margin, which hasn't happened for the royalty companies. Um, and that in turn has affected earnings for miners and share prices and allied with the higher cost of capital and interest rates going up. It you know often has a negative impact on gold price. Well, I think our view is, is actually about as constructive as it's been on gold price um, going forwards. Um, and I think that if there is um, at least, you know, if it's sort of flat, moving at the moment or even going down a bit, I think um, our view is actually pretty positive for the coming two years, three years in terms of where the gold price is going. And so we'll continue to accumulate assets, continue to get as much exposure as we can to good quality projects um, and, and good ounces in the ground. And and hopefully that will, as the gold price comes, I think um, deliver really good returns for our shareholders. Appreciate the insight. Thank you, Matt. Uh, authority sure. indeed. Um, and get over the rest of the means and then go to stack more to get, get your way through. Are you going down to Colorado Springs as well? We are. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. Right. Yes. You need three days off and get home. Uh, <laughs> thank, thank you so much again. We'll see you Thank you, Matt. Much appreciate